Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Today we're going to talk about building a car bag and kit for our children who are driving aged, teenagers and slightly older. You know, we build get home bags and bug out bags and car kits, emergency kits and such for ourselves. But what about for our children who are driving? How have we prepared our driving aged children for an emergency? What about an SHTF event? This episode is brought to you by Practical Prepping for Everyday People, a common-sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. If they're away at college, do you have them prepared to be self-sufficient for several days after a natural disaster? If they travel to and from college, are they equipped with a 72-hour bag? Do they have some skills to use what's in that bag? And if you've got a kid that's just driving to high school and back, they're not usually going to be in a situation where they'd have to have a 72-hour emergency or a get-home bag or a bug-out bag. But do they have sufficient means and skills to be able to handle things like a flat tire or a dead battery? Have you even discussed those kinds of things? Those are not only products that they need to solve the emergency. They need to have the skills to know how to do it. And I'm being very equal here. This applies to the girls and the boys. Another thing we need to do with our kids is to encourage that they carry certain items, appropriate items, EDC. They already do that if they're going to school. They carry their phone. They carry a house key. They carry some identification, their school identification. Let's get them to carry a flashlight, maybe a small first aid kit, and carry an emergency contact list with them. And if they're in college, let's try to get them to carry some type of a knife. We'll discuss that here in just a little bit more in just a few minutes. Something else they may need to have in their bag is some non-perishable food, some water, like a small bottled water, a water filter, something like a Sawyer or Life Straw, a knife in their bag. Now, let me jump in right there. I know our schools, you can't carry a knife to school. I understand that. But... In a situation where they could be placed in having to get home after an EMP of, say, 10 miles or so, then a knife inside a bag inside the trunk of their car probably will never be an issue. But now let's make this knife non-tactical. Let's don't make this thing like a zombie killer knife. Let's make it where someone would just, you just say, oh, that's my hunting knife. I see. Gotcha. Something else to put in that bag would be paracord, flashlights, extra batteries, maybe some light sticks, and he had mentioned before a first aid kit. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about the car kit, all of this can be carried in even a small car, most of it in one bag. You could even get this in a smart car, although I think a smart car is a backup car to put in your ADC kit. We love to see these small cars, and we're, we we think they're absolutely fantastic for those that are driving them, but it does look like they're driving their shoe. Uh, it just It's such a cute, small, tiny little thing. But regardless of your choice of vehicle, so long as you've got something in there that you can put your hands on if an emergency arises, then you are a good practical prepper. Mm-hmm. Okay, now when we're talking about going into that bag, 
some of the things that we're going to want to put in there, but we talked about that knife and this, again, I'm talking about for high school, we're talking about it stays in the car and make it a non-tactical looking folding knife or a hunting knife. And if a knife is just absolutely not possible, Chris mentioned that multi-tool, multi-tool has a blade on it that could be used in an SHTF situation. So here again, we're talking about equipping our kids for even a potential major SHTF, and we do want them to be able to be protected. We do want them to be able to take care of themselves if the need arises. Chris, what's some of the other things that we should be carrying in the car anyway? They may want to carry a complete change of clothes, whatever is appropriate for the season. Things like extra socks as well, sturdy shoes if they have to do some walking. Especially those kids that are traveling to and from college. Right. Some drinking water or some way to filter water. A fire kit should include some kind of tinder or some waterproof type fire matches. Some sort of a small pot or a wide mouth, single walled metal, usually stainless steel bottle. Obviously flashlight. Duct tape, perhaps maybe a small tarp, some paracord if they have to string that between a couple of trees and put a tarp over that. Electronic flares or reflectors. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. A lot of times, uh, and we've all come upon a stalled vehicle or something on the side of the road at night that we had difficulty seeing. Mm -hmm. They make some of these magnetic LED emergency flashers that you can turn them on, and it almost looks like they're spinning. They're just rotating very fast. They have a magnetic back on them, and you can stick them on the back of the car. Oh, okay. Anything that can let that vehicle better be seen. I've seen wrecks happen after a wreck because the second wreck didn't, or the second vehicle didn't see the wreck. Will this magnetic stick on the back of these fiberglass bumpers and these, these it's non-metal? It's not going to stick on fiberglass. It's not yeah. going to stick on fiberglass. You have to find, some of these cars don't have metal bumpers anymore. Well, stick it up on the back of the windshield if you needed to. Uh, prop it up on something. They do make some with a little stand that comes out. They make some that are triangular base, and it will stand up on the ground. Oh, okay. And so those are a pretty good idea. We we used to use the old railroad fusee years and years ago. The problem with using a fusee is it's open fire, and you can have gas leakage in a wreck. And we don't want young folks carrying fusees and trying to use that being scared to start with, being nervous, not knowing what they do, and they wind up blowing everything up. Yeah, that would be not so good. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Also, jumper cables or a jump box. Some really good ones around there in all sorts of price ranges. A can of fix-a-flat for the tire. Possibly even a larger and more comprehensive first aid kit to their level of training and then get them some training on some first aid. Yeah, there's some basic first aid courses. Some are even offered in high school. 
A couple of other things that you probably want to add to the vehicle if they're traveling. I know I had a niece that was stuck on I-40 for about 30 hours one time because of snow. And she did have blankets in the car, but you could carry a couple of blankets. And you could also carry a sleeping bag. Inside that vehicle, your child could scoot down inside that sleeping bag and stay warm for the night if they had to. Mm -hmm. So that's not a bad thing to do. And there's some basic skills that should be learned and practiced. And this refers to the car or the truck, whatever vehicle your driving age child is driving. And that is knowing how to check the oil and knowing how to change a tire. Those are a couple of biggies right there. And I'm going to add to that, knowing how to jump the battery. And that's why I like using a jump box personally, mm-hmm. because it doesn't require the assistance of another car. Right. You can be alone with your dead battery in your car, and this jump box can be attached. And it's got the alligator clips, just like jumper cables. Yes, and these are the large alligator clips on yours. They're not the small little... Right. This is a, I have what's considered a professional jump box. Yeah, this one's used by a lot of car lots to go out and jump their cars off. Very, very reliable. And I learned very easily how to take care of it, how to recharge it, and also how to use it. And I've used it several times. Mm-hmm. You've used it more than I have, but it's something that uh, is, it'll get you going when you need to get going. Yes, it will. Also, something you need to learn to do is how to start a fire. That's just your basic prepping, but that should be something that's in your car kit if something if someone needs to be able to start a fire and, and speak with your kids about the safety aspects of starting a fire. And why they would need to start a fire. And how they need to maintain a safe fire spot mm-hmm. away from a wrecked car and not out in a dry, drought-stricken, woody area either. You know, you've got to learn to have some judgment about how to start a fire and how to contain that fire as needed. Yeah, we've been teaching our grandkids how to start fires and things, and you you have to have that discussion about when you're going to need to start a fire. You know, it could be the backyard fire pit for having fun, but it could also be that you're stranded, and your child, and I'm talking here older child, may be with someone, and they may, hey, SHTF could occur, and they're on their own until they can get home. And they may need to know how to start that fire. So teach your kids some of these skills. Another thing is teach them to make a shelter with a tarp. If you're going to carry a small tarp, and we've got some, um, they run anywhere 8 by 10, 9 by 12, and then we've got some bigger ones that we use for some other things. But in the car, I think we carry a couple of 9 by 12s, and Mm -hmm. you could easily make a shelter with that and some paracord and something to cut that paracord. Something else, too, would be to teach uh, someone this age about CPR. There's adult CPR, and there's also infant CPR, and they're both very, very different. So learning CPR, your local American Red Cross or your local firefighters sometimes will have classes that they offer where you can learn these techniques. Or your local hospital also does that. And some high schools are beginning to teach this in the high school. And I think it ought to be taught about 6th grade and then again about ninth or 10th grade Mm -hmm. in every school across the nation. Kids also need to know how to stop bleeding. I know when we were kids, we were playing on the creek and stuff, and I cut my finger pretty seriously one time. And I stopped that bleeding as best I could. And 
My mother was a nurse, so she had taught me a number of these kinds of things. So I wrapped my shirt around that thing, and I kept it squeezed until I could get home. And there's still a pretty good little scar right there today from that. But they need to know how to stop bleeding, and they need to know how to do some basic bandaging, if nothing else. Now, we also need to be talking to our kids about some principles of prepping. They need to learn at a young age, and we're already working on our eight-year-old grandson on some of these things, and we probably, if we lived closer, we would have started on him a lot younger. But, you know, these kids can begin to learn these principles along the way, and one of the most important, and you don't hear it talked a lot about on Prepper Podcasts, is situational awareness. Yes, you know, you've got to run the scenarios, you know, the what ifs, the, the whole reason prepping works is because you're, you want to train for it in a non-emergency setting. Mm-hmm. When nothing emergency is going on, you've got to begin training your kids for their situational awareness. Right, Runs and it's, it, it's as simple as uh, asking questions when you get back in the car from having stopped somewhere. Did you see what the guy in the red shirt was doing? Do you know where we are on the highway? That's a good we, thing. You know, Mark actually got me started looking for mile markers. You know, because sometimes you can be driving along through the country or on the interstate somewhere, maybe in an unfamiliar place or an unfamiliar state, and there may be the only thing is on the side of the road is a mile marker, and a lot of folks just ignore them. Mm-hmm. But if you have a situation and you need to tell emergency responders where you are, at least if you know, okay, I just passed mile marker 387, I'm on I-40. Okay, mm-hmm. now they'll know where to at least look. They've got you narrowed down to a couple of miles there anyway. Exactly. And so we we play a little game with that when we're traveling is that one of us will ask the other one, if we came up on a wreck right now, where would you tell 911 we're located? Exactly, yeah. And a lot of times you go, uh, <laughs> totally draw a blank on that. So. Well, this is where a lot of times, too, you've got to get your children's noses out of their devices, mm-hmm. and you've got to get them to, to be very situationally aware while they're riding in the car with you and while they're also driving the car, and they're going to have to keep their attention on that, road and on their skills but they need to be situationally aware as they're driving around they need even at a age of 11 12 13 years old they need to be checking out the front of wherever you're pulling up and checking out the situation and just teach them to become situationally aware now they also need to be taught self-sufficiency now this doesn't mean that you can go off and leave a 10 year old for two weeks but there's a lot of things that a 10 year old can do for themselves that They shouldn't have to have somebody else to do. And when we're talking about our kids going to high school, we're talking about our kids going to college, they can be self-sufficient if they have the skills and they have the knowledge and they have the equipment with which to work. Biggest thing is to teach them to be prepared. And we think that's practical. That's practical. Anything else you want to add? Stuff happens. Stay prepared. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping, email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.